My name is Claudine Ullman, actress, improviser, and all-round hustler, and you're listening to The Big Time Podcast, my chance to speak to industry greats, movers, shakers, and game changers, people who are making waves and setting new standards. Who are they? What inspires them? And what do they have to do to hit the big time? Joining me today is TV presenter, style icon, radio host, award-winning winemaker, and most importantly, new mom. Hello, beautiful Ilana Afrika Breerenkamp. Hello, Claudine Ullman. Fantastic. I feel like Afrika Breerenkamp is... So South African, and the way that I say it, you know, when you feel like you are mis mispronouncing something or saying it in an accent. No, you were very good. Oh, Normally, good. you should just pronounce the R. Otherwise, they call me Africa. So Africa. I'm, yeah, I'm Africa Breerenkamp. Africa Breerenkamp. I love it. <laughs> so beautiful, Ilana. This is the Big Time Podcast, and I interview wonderful people who have hit the big time who have made it i've hit the big time you've hit the big time you didn't know it no i do know it oh good you do know it I okay do know it, but i joke about it how do you joke about it tell me about that when people recognize my success because you can't ever see it yourself right because otherwise you just seem really confident and like someone who doesn't need any friends yes but when someone else recognizes it i normally laugh about it like this morning i was on a phone call for a briefing for an event that i'm doing later this month and we were speaking through the content and what I should be speaking about as a motivational speaker. And then she said, because Ilana, you're such a successful businesswoman. And I, and I actually replied saying no, because you don't want to recognize your own success, right? Which is actually such a bad thing. It is a bad thing. It is such a bad thing because you've worked and so you've hard. worked so hard. You've hustled your way to the top. You should totally own it. I think we can go higher though. We always can go higher and I feel like there's always dreams and there needs to be dreams that we want to achieve. Otherwise, we just might as well stop living. But I feel like we totally have to recognize where we've been and what we've done. And this is the point of this podcast, really. The big time. The big time. It's to inspire people who want to get where you are. Wow. I, I think dreams, oh, they're so important. They're so important, Claudine. You have to, people call them goals, but if that doesn't sit well with you, then call them dreams. Also, sometimes it can really make you very sad or depressed is a very big word, but dreams sometimes can make you sad because if you put all these I wants on a page, then you sometimes think, but how will I make all of this possible? But it's still nice to do, right? I almost want to say that dreams aren't always positive. It's sometimes a little bit sad because it's still to be achieved. I feel like it feels like a struggle to get there. But actually, the whole point is the journey. Yes. It is that struggle. It is that contrast that we're feeling, you know. And often, we don't enjoy the journey enough. So when we achieve that goal, we go, cool, that was not nearly what I thought it would be. And I think that's why maybe it's more important to recognize the journey instead of just the dream. Let's say you really want something in life, uh, a business. Let's say you want a car. Uh, Let's say you want a husband or a girlfriend. The important part is the whole journey. And that when you reach the goal, it's actually 
I almost want to say the journey is much more important than the actual goal. So let's speak a little bit about your journey, because that's what I'm interested in. So we joked about it over breakfast and you were like, (laughs) I try to discourage as many people as possible to study anything that's in the arts. Why is that? And what did you study? So I studied a BA drama degree at the time from the University of Stellenbosch. They called it a BA because at the time it was coupled with a whole lot of subjects that would give all those drama students that don't get a chance to perform one day a chance to go back to varsity and finish their psychology degree or whatever they want to do in the BA field Mm. and then eventually work. So at the time that I was at school, it was still called a BA. I think it's a BDRAM now, but the point is it's a straightforward performing arts degree. And the only reason I discourage people to follow my career is because I want them to dream their own dreams Mm. and I want them to become their own good because even though we all have talent, we can use it in so many other ways other than just on a stage or as a singer or as a soapy star. I think what's important for me in life generally is influence. I think what's important much more than a drama degree is what you will do with your talent and how you will use it to change someone's life. And if it means that you don't go to drama school and that you go and study something else and still use your talent, then so be it. But I discourage people from going to art school only because I sometimes found that it wasn't that positive for me, Mm. even though it helped a whole lot in what I do at the moment. Also, as much Claudine as I love my job or my career or my talents, I don't like being famous. Yeah. So what, what, what don't you like about it? That's what I feel like most of everyone wants to be. They want to be famous. They, you know, they get, they go to drama school or they get into the industry because they want to be recognized and you can't actually do it. So you just said it, right? So sometimes I'm not recognized and people are not sure where to place me. And then other times I am. I think there's a difference between recognizing someone and doing something because you want to be famous. Mm. Um, The one is so negative and the other one can have a very good result or positive influence. When I started out in entertainment, being on Twitter, Facebook, the whole digital everything wasn't on our side and you kind of had to do your thing or make it work without Facebook. Yes. And now you're at a place where anyone can be famous. If you wear nice clothes and you go on Instagram, it paints such a different picture to my children as to how hard you really need to work in order to get something because it can be instant. Mm. And so I don't like fame very much. Whereas I like it when people recognize because if you're a good author or you're a fabulous comedian, like you are, then people will watch you on stage or see what you do. And they'll go, ah, I recognize a talent. I want to do what she does because she's living a full potential. But if I want to be famous, ah. And you know what? From doing this podcast, there hasn't been one person who I've interviewed so far, and I doubt there will be, who has said, I got to this place or I got into this field because I wanted money, Hmm. you know, or because I wanted fame. Yeah. You know, everybody has said, I'm doing this because it's totally my passion. Mm. And all of us started off 
struggling, struggling for some sort of money or doing whatever jobs we could, doing stuff for free because we were like, this isn't work for us. This yeah. isn't work. I mean, eventually it does become work and it does pay and it does, you know, but the hustle is real. But you just said it. I mean, it is a juggle. Mm. I, and you're reminded by it every day when you meet someone that's, I mean, you're a little bit younger than me. Okay. A whole lot. Like a whole lot. No, I'm, I'm not. How old are you? Am I allowed to say? Absolutely. I'm 37. What? Okay. First of all, for, I'm 30, but for my... See, that's a lot. No, it's not a lot. No, I mean, a lot younger than what I am. But well, for my 30th birthday, I got, can you see this wrinkle over here? There's a few. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's, ju- I thought there was one. No, there's It has not just one. been admitted that there are a few. Show you me have, exactly where they are. You have crow's feet and <gasps> over here you have Botox lines, but Botox will take that away. Guys. But you don't need, you don't need I it. I can't have Botox. I can't do, so I'm pulling funny faces, no, but, but I can't do that a, as an actress yeah. if I get Botox. No, so you shouldn't get it. I've got I to would, love my wrinkles. But it's just called Botox science. But anyway, you're a lot younger than what I am. Even though it doesn't look that way, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm saying that a lot of the time you are reminded about your own real when you meet other people. Because I remember when you just wanted to go to school, to study, and do your thing. And, and now you're on stage. Yeah. I and, know. and I remember your journey. Yes. I remember it because it was before you started going to varsity and wanting to become a comedian or a performer. Yeah. I mean, I, I started arts in performing arts because I enjoyed the pressure. I think there's a lot of pressure that goes with what we do. Being a mom now, I think the pressure gets a lot, not too much because we used to stress. How are you juggling that? How are you juggling success and a full career and two tiny children. So I'm not going to call it success. I'm going to call it work. <laughs> yeah. hard. Work. I'm going to call it work. How do I juggle work, a family? There is no balance. Mm. I think it's a word that makes us, oh, I actually saw the perfect um, interview the other day. It was one of our magazines and they were showing one of the moms who are very famous and how she's struggling her career with motherhood and how perfect it is. And I want to say that. You wanted that, to punch her in the face. Yeah, basically. because, you know, the, the journalist who wrote it is making, it's like the day that Kate walked out after having a baby with William and she had a flat tummy. And I just thought, the world is expecting too much when we paint this picture for them because it's not, it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. It's not real. You don't just have a baby and then have a flat tummy. And also when you're a mom and you work, you it, it, something's got to give. You mm. either do a little bit at work and you're a good mom or like me this week who uh, is up in Joburg and my kids are being taken care of, uh, two nurses, a husband, my aunt and my mother. But that also doesn't make you a bad mom. Doesn't make me a bad mom. But I feel the pressure is, why is Ilana working? You know, there's, there's pressures with having to be a mom as well. But that is what I mean by juggle. And, mm. and something's got to give. So there is no balance, really. And it's not a bad word. It just means that sometimes you're going to need to give more attention to something else. And yes, you're going to need to give up the other thing. So how do I juggle motherhood with work? Um, I don't really know. But it all has to get done, so you yeah, just you make do it. A plan. Yeah, you make a plan. So we were talking before a little bit about fame, and as humble as you really are, you have reached a certain level of fame and notoriety. And what that has done for me with 
you know, the people that I interview and my friends who are in the industry is instead of being competitive or hostile or jealous, I say, look at what Alana's achieved. I now know how far I can go or what I can achieve. You know, um, Trevor is hosting The Daily Show. Look what he's done for South Africans. Now we know that that sort of dream is possible and that's the level. And I think that's really, really inspiring in such a competitive field. But I don't know if you feel that sort of competition. You mean within myself or do I have someone that I look up to? Well, I guess both, you know, do you feel competitive with maybe other presenters or, wow, you know? So what I have found is, is that the industry stays the same. Like there'll always be TV shows that will evolve to digital, then becomes online, radio becomes podcasts, uh, letters become likes and the news becomes posts, right? Mm. So everything evolves and it becomes better or different. I also think our performers become younger and so the only people I can compare myself with really is time. I don't have any particular person that I look at and go, oh, look what she has achieved. Look where I am. And in fact, earlier I bumped into Carol Bauer and I couldn't believe that one of the people who I admire is in the same hotel as me. And, and immediately I take a submissive role because I'm not in the position to compare myself with her because I see her as my superior. She mm. has done it before me and she is good at it and sometimes even better at it. And I, I look at her and I've, I've, I feel a responsibility towards myself to, to always do good. It's not competing or comparing. It's more saying Carol's working hard and she's expecting me to do the same. So I will do it because I don't want to disappoint time myself or even her. And so, yeah, I, I think because I grew up and because my career was in a different time than digital and comparing numbers with likes and things like that, I, I think my, we do it differently. I, I yeah. don't compare myself to, can you imagine that kind of pressure to compare yourself? To but that's why, you know, people are so competitive in our industry. And I think what's more important than being really competitive is learning from them and having a mentor and having and, people who believe in you. And I like what you said about Trevor Noah. As a media person, I've had also my expectations from Trevor. Like when I call you for an interview, I expect you to say yes or things like that. And sometimes he wouldn't be available because he was already on his journey overseas or, and you're right. Seeing what he can achieve is so encouraging, mm. but also I almost want to say that the fact that he is hosting the daily show, other than just feeling that you need to compete or be him, just be proud of him. Yeah. It's also just okay to go, Hey man, well done. And then to go on with life as we know it, because being proud of someone is also just good. It's good enough. Totally. I totally feel you. What interests me about what you're saying is what you've managed to do and what it looks like. You know, you've managed to come into this industry with a sense of total ease and acceptance with where you are which is really inspiring and really great. Thank you. It's just so wonderful to be, this is where I am and it's perfectly okay. It's perfectly okay to be a mom and to have a successful career and to not feel that judgment. 
So what I want to know is you do so much and you do so many things. What does your heart say you want to do when you grow up? My heart says when I grow up, I want to know that I did the best for my kids that I could have ever in the whole world. Because other than self and God, my children is my highest achievement. Mm. My highest achievement. I can't tell you how much admiration, love, and dedication I have for them. And I never thought I'd be such a big nerd in saying all of that. Not so beautiful. Because, true, but you know, you hear people talking about their children and you go, is it really that feeling? Mm. And I want to say, yes, it's really that feeling because... And becomes all about your kids. It becomes all about them because you just love them so much and because you know their journey better than your own. Because mm. I don't remember being born, but I remember my babies being born and growing yeah. and seeing how they grow. When I grow up, it's funny, I don't measure success with money. Same thing you said earlier. But I want to know that the girl that I was growing up in the colored township has reached a potential that's satisfying. I just want to do my best. I just want to do my best. I don't want to, I don't have to end up in New York. I don't have aspirations of leaving the country. I yeah. want to do my best here, and I, I, I think I've settled on that. My sister's British, and I've got no desire to, to be in London. Besides Other than on CBBS, yeah, yeah. I'd want to be a presenter on and go, hey kids, what sport am I playing right now? Can you imagine <laughs> the pride your children would well, feel seeing me on CBBS? Oh, can you imagine? They'd they be were, so happy. Uh, that's okay. okay that's, that's a dream goal. I have. Fine. I want to be on CBBS. Five years. I'm going to phone you and I'm going to oh, say how how but was then that? They CB? won't be watching that anymore. No, they will. will they? Okay. Seven. I mean, they don't watch that. Oh, is that okay? I have no idea. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, we'll have to maybe Nickelodeon. No, I I want to watch no CBBS. That's, oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's what I want to be when I grow up. But but I just want to know that I've done my best. You know what? I I worked with. Bram Pretorius. Bram Pretorius worked with McCarthy cars, cars before. Yes. And I, I worked in motoring a lot, but not driving the cars, but always either test driving, working with motoring journalists. And so my background as a presenter used to be a little bit of sport, a little bit of motoring stuff, and then uh, lifestyle presenting. I never news. Mm. And when I worked with Bram, the one day he retired. He's a beautiful man and he's beautiful inside and out. And I said to him, what's the one thing? You want to remember leaving all of this behind, McCarthy, and, you know, other than selling the cars and the fleet. And in his beautiful Afrikaans bilingual accent, he said to me, Yelana, I always just want to know that I did my best. And I realized that even someone as successful and with years on his side, because mm. years makes you knowledgeable and gives you wisdom, but even someone as, I'm going to say it old, as Brahm, he became childlike in just saying that he just wanted to be his best. Yeah. And he didn't work overseas and he didn't make bags full of money. Okay, maybe he did, but uh, he didn't, he wasn't flashy or anything like that. He was just a ordinary guy who I really like because he's so dedicated to people and Mm. service 
And that's what it's about. Service. Yeah, and he uses his talents for good. Life he, to the he's, he's loyal. Mm. You know? I think I think my when I when I grow up, I want to know that I have got those attributes that I'm loyal and trustworthy mm. and that I'm kind. I struggle being kind sometimes because life happens and we lose our patience and we become unkind. Yeah. That's a constant goal for me. I I wanna be friendly and I wanna I want to be mindful of people and their feelings and I want to feel protected. I totally get you and I feel like that's what becomes more important as we age. You know, it's and, not and about that's, the no, but cause. You just it's said it. About, you just yeah. said it. When mm. I was 26, this was definitely not my goal in life. Mm. And it's such a pity. Oh, man. It's such a pity that one realizes it only later because I don't know if we can call it wisdom. I don't. I don't know, but... If I knew what I do now at 26, it feels that I could have been so much further ahead. Yeah, it's but, like enlightenment yeah, in a way, yeah. But now I know it now instead of at 46, Exactly, right? exactly. And at 46, I'm sure your goals and aspirations will be slightly different also, you know? No, by then I have bags of money and I'm retired <laughs> exactly. as a CBB's presenter. <laughs> Living the dream in London or here. Now I'll be back. <laughs> good, good, good. So... Tell me about this girl from the townships. That already is defying odds and beating some sort of adversity. Tell me about her. That's the thing. You never see it as that, right, until someone else points it out. I think my dad would kill me if I said that we grew up in the township because we did. Mm. And I see where I grew up as a colored township because they were colored people and people were poor. When I went to school... I remember there was a feeding scheme that would give us milk every day. And even though I was the only girl in this class with a packed lunch, I knew that everyone else in my class doesn't have a packed lunch. So what I would do is I wouldn't eat my food at school because I didn't want to feel different. Mm. And I would have the milk with all of the other kids. And then walking home, I would eat my packed lunch walking from school back home. And... It's amazing how the wheel turns because later in life, I work, you grind. Dad works even harder. I never see my, saw my father growing up. He's never watched a piano recital ever because mom was there and she yes. had to be there because dad was either working in the church or he was at work. So, I mm. mean, the struggle and the juggle is real. And later on in life, I realized that that feeding scheme was actually the Peninsula Feeding Association. So now when my husband and I do charity, that's one of the people and the groups that we donate to because they fed me as a child growing up. And at the time, you just thought, hey, man, Mm. here's these white people pulling in with bags of powder milk. Let me just have some, right? Yes. yeah. And they were part of the people that I guess... You remember. You remember them because they helped you through. Shows you how your life has come totally full circle. Full circle, indeed. As much as it sounds like a cliche, it's true. Mm. It's the same way me seeing you now here after I, I mean, I'm friendly with your mother. Yeah. And I haven't seen her in ages, but I see you because social media and just life, we bump into each other all the time. And that for me is full circle too, that you get to know about people because of people. But... I knew as a child that I would do well only because of my parents. And that's the parent that I want to be. The one that says, I believe in you. You will be great. You're good now. Okay, so let's see what happens. 
They never told me what I'll be become, but till this day, those same parents, and God bless them, they never become too excited about anything that I have achieved. So it always makes me think. They bring you straight <laughs> back down <laughs> to do. earth. So yeah. it always makes me think, I need to do better. Yeah. Mom and dad, I won a style award. That's good. What does it mean? Yeah, yeah. Well done. What does it mean for you as a person? person they, yeah. They never, they never, I've never seen my dad totally excited. Yeah. About anything that I've achieved. And I think we need that because otherwise yeah. our head is up yes, in the up sky. In the, in the sky. And, I yeah. remember buying my first property and my dad said, that's, that's great. But uh, how are you going to make the bond repayments? He was actually challenging me instead of saying, buy another, mm. become a mogul. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. No, he, they're very normal about success. Which is so great because they ground you. Yeah, you at know? times I didn't think it was that amazing. But, yeah. but can't you be happy happier for, for me? Yeah, yeah. but they, yeah, it, it does help. Has there been a time in your life, a defining moment? Oprah calls it a aha moment <laughs> and we love her. Where you have said, this is it. I've hit the big time. I have felt the big time in one particular incident. <laughs> There's only been one. There's only been one. But it was a moment where I knew I would never go backwards. Mm. So I just want to, I don't know why, but I feel like I need to say that when, when for me, you hit the big time, it won't necessarily be money, but it might be a thought that will change your life forever. Yes. And my thought that changed my life forever was this. It's an old memory and it's a very nice one and one that's very dear to my heart. And I'll tell you the story. A notice was up in my drama department for auditions for Grease the Musical in Artscape Theatre that was then called the Nicomalan. A Cape Town production, which would at the time pay me about 600 Rand a week, mm. which was a lot of money. Yes. I, at the time, wasn't too interested about the money, but as a performer, I wanted to sing and dance at the same time. I wanted to do musicals. Arriving back at the notice board, I realized that someone had taken the notice off the board, which means I don't know where the auditions are. And so I did a little bit of research. I asked around and basically, without appointment, rocked up at the auditions as someone that wants to sing and dance, I didn't even prepare a song. Oh my goodness. So there I was, and I realized that all my third years of my varsity were there, and it must have been one of them that took down the notice because then it deprived someone else, right? Then, Absolutely, then yeah. We don't all rock up at the audition at the same time, and their chances are better for getting the role. Mm. The only thing is, when they did the auditions, God bless him, Alfred Hinkle was our dance choreographer person and he would eliminate with the dancing first and as we danced our auditions he would pull you on your arm like give you a tuck and that means you could go home oh. in that session I danced till the end which meant that I get to stay in the production as a dancer and then they take you for the singing audition and I got through the singing audition and then they take you through the acting part and I was one of the first years in that year that got a position and one of the only kids next to Anton Lating who got the part in Grease the Musical. 
Anton Lating till this day, I mean, he's doing phenomenal stuff. It's still a beautiful memory as to how he supported me because I was very young at the time. I was 17 as a first year and he just held my hand throughout this production because now we were in a professional production together. And it's one of my favorite memories because it was the one time that I came home with a piece of paper and said, mommy, I did it. And they said, that's good, but what does this mean? <laughs> Instead of going, yes, it's a defining moment. And I this said, is amazing. I said, well, now I will be one of the principal actors in Greece, the musical, which means I have a lead role. And I'll be on stage for 45 performances as a 17-year-old. And I'll get to play on a professional stage. And I'll get 600 rand a week. Mm. And my dad said, the money's good. How will you save it? And I thought, can someone just please be happy for me? <laughs> Let's celebrate. Yeah. That's the thing. We didn't celebrate. Mm. That Monday morning, dad dropped me off at rehearsal at 9 a.m. And he said, I'll be back at 8 p.m. See you later. And that was the start. That and was the- for lunch, I had, at the time I still ate ham. I had a ham and cheese sandwich toasted. Now it would be Macon. Macon. Oh, but no cheese. Macon and no cheese. Macon and no cheese. Yeah. At the time, I had a, I had a ham and cheese sandwich. And it was probably one of the first toasted sandwiches that I've ever eaten. And it was in a cafeteria in Nicomelan. And I was on the front page of the burger. It's amazing. Good story, huh? Do you know what's so amazing about that? Is a lot of people, you know, when you think, what is, what is the big time? What is it that I've achieved? They'll say, it's my first million. It's my first, nah. like that story. It's, my first million didn't feel that good. <laughs> well, I'm getting there soon. I'm getting there soon. But, you know, absolutely, you're right. It's, it's something that changes your thinking. It's something that says, this is so big for me. And I now have the confidence to go on and be a performer. It was so big. I remember at the time they announced it in church. You know, if they announce something in church. Oh, it's huge. Oh, huge. huge it's huge. big. Okay. okay. And we're like, let's sing about it. Let's <laughs> sing it. <laughs> That's amazing. What a beautiful story. Thank you. Ilana, you are so inspiring. I Do am. You, have, you really are <laughs> an inspiring, powerful woman. Is this the end? This is the end. No, you never asked about my wine. Mm. Oh, I'm so sorry. This I is not the end. I started making wine. Please tell me about it. Uh, no, I want, so first of all, it is on this podcast forever that Ilana oh has promised me a bottle of wine. So when I come to Cape Town next, I'm holding you to it. I will you know what? This, this will also be on this podcast forever. You've been to Cape Town so many times and you have not told me that you are there. So next time when you... <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Okay. So next time when you come, can you please let me know that you're there first? Then I will give you the bottle of wine. And we will share the bottle of wine together. because no, I'm breastfeeding. Stage, I was going to say, at that <laughs> stage, you hopefully won't be breastfeeding anymore. No, that's I'm, I'm going to breastfeed till my baby's five. So you... you. <laughs> Don't worry, that baby will not have any connection issues later on in life. That's perfect. I made wine only because it was a dream and I went to Cape Town and I decided I'm going to make wine and I got a winemaker friend to, to, I was the apprentice and we made wine. And because we had 1,200 bottles of this boutique wine, he enrolled it as a, for a prize and we won. Tell me about, okay, okay. Tell we me won. about, tell me about before this prize and which we are going to talk about. How, how do you get into it? Like, how do you, do you have to own a farm? Is no, it just... I rented all of it. I oh, rented okay. the person, the people, the space, the grapes. 
and even the barrels that they were in. Okay. One French, one American. Okay. And how do you go about learning about the wines? How do you know which grapes? So I was an apprentice to, to a guy called Rudy and he taught me a little bit, but I did my own heasting and my own, um, I, I made wine in Afrikaans. I only know the terms in Afrikaans. Tell me, tell me. Um, om die proces om te sit in AMG, so al die melksiere, like all of that I did myself. So because my hand was at it, I was the accredited winemaker. Amazing. Yeah. And tell me about this, tell me about this award and is it for, do you have any sort of blends? Is it? So I, I made a Shiraz and I enrolled in the Shiraz competition and I won. Amazing. <laughs> and, and what do you win? What do you get? You get a medal, Claudine. I'm so sorry. I've you never made one. You get a medal that wine. says, and oh, you know what else you get that's really cool? They give you a little gold sticker because you win Michelangelo Gold. They give you a little sticker that you put on all your bottles. Oh, amazing. So, so now it says, bo- this is legit. Yeah. It tastes so, delicious. So some bottles you'll see from amazing wine farms and people who are accredited winemakers that's been making wine for many years, they'll have a lot of stickers on their bottles, which means they've won many prizes. Well, I'm just saying, this is the first sticker of many. I cannot wait Thank to you. taste it. I'm a huge wino. Oh, you're a wino. I, that's all I drink. I will now that's crown me with a bottle of wine then. Thank you. I cannot wait. So, that being said, mm. my beautiful award-winning winemaker, Ilana, my inspiration, you have inspired so many women. Is there any last final message that you have for people who are wanting to, I don't want to say get where you are because it's their own journey, but wanting to maybe follow a similar path? If you want to follow a similar path, I wish you well, because life in general is not easy. No matter how easy people make it look, pray. I don't care to who, because that's your journey. But it's good to have a conclusion and to focus and to speak to someone and to believe. Mm. And no matter what path you choose, just do your best because there's nothing like wasting time. We don't waste time. We're here to learn from time. So just do your best. And then you can look back and just say that you did your best and that it was, even if that's the only part that was fun, you did your best. I cannot wait to have you back on the show eventually. Who knows when? Next time I'm in Cape Town. When I'm a presenter on CBBs. Yeah. (laughs) And we'll be drinking wine on set. I will come and join you. Hi, kids. What animal am I? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we shouldn't be drinking wine if we're going to be playing any sort of animals. Um, (laughs) It may not help with character work. Where do we find you? You can find me on Claudine Ullman's podcast. Absolutely, you can. On Twitter, at Ilana Africa. And on Facebook, at Ilana Africa. <laughs> you have been amazing. We will find it's been you. Good. You're on amazing media. too. I'm very proud of you. Thank you, my yeah. darling. That means I'm a lot very, to me. I'm very it proud really of you. Does. Yeah. It really does. I mean it. We love you. We will see you soon. Goodbye. If you want to get hold of the Big Time Podcast, you can follow us all social media platforms at the Big Time ZA, or you can get hold of me at ClaudineUlman.com. You've been amazing. Thank you. Until next time, I hope you hit the big time.